This is a Billionaires in Boxes production. Hello and welcome to this edition of Billionaires in Boxes. I'm your host as ever, the digital business connector, Phil Paluccia. Pleased to be here. Uh, and I'm joined by a great guest, Arn Terry. Arn and I had an incredible conversation a couple of weeks ago. We we met through the joy that is LinkedIn um, and started to kind of explore from there. And as a fellow survivor of the recruitment industry, um, now doing an awful lot of work, <laughs> big up to that, uh, now doing an awful lot of work in, in social media and, and a, a really bright guy when it comes to mindset and affirmations and all this kind of stuff. I wanted to, to kind of take that conversation off the phone uh, and really bring it here onto the podcast for you all to uh, enjoy. And of course, on Inspire Radio as well, shout out to all the listeners there. Um, Arn, welcome. Phil, thank you very much. Gratitude and appreciation for having me on your show. We've been speaking and speaking, and I'm so, so happy that we're finally doing this now. So let's get ready to rumble, as, as, as I said back in the day. Me too. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm delighted that you're here. And do you know what? I think a lot of people will instantly start to connect with your profile on LinkedIn when they go and check you out. I mean, I was having a, um, uh, I was having a look at, at your profile just earlier, and the first thing I see is the Tesla banner at the top. Um, and it's like this. This is going to be a good conversation. Like I'm, you always, you instantly know when you're going to vibe with somebody. And this yeah. is a, uh, this is one of those moments. So for for our audience that haven't come across you before, um, how would you introduce yourself? How would you describe who you are and what you do? Um, yeah. So my, my banner, or should I say, my introduction on LinkedIn just puts me down as a headhunter, a social media professional, uh, someone who de- demystifies social media. But to make it simple, simple, I, I, I just call myself a social media guy or your friendly social media guy, nicking the slogan of first Spider-Man. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I, I'm just you know open, reachable, uh, and looking to basically demystify um, social media and help people turn the passion or their hobby into a profit um, by raising the social media vibe um, um, social media um, presence basically so that that's who I am that's what I do love that and do you know what I think it's really important as well I mean we'll, we'll, we'll touch on a lot of things I'm sure in this conversation but you know I, I was saying to you during our call you know I, I find a lot of fluff in social media uh there's a lot of people who who try and make it as complicated as possible because then mm-hmm. they can continue to sell their courses yes. and they can continue to sell their framework and stuff and yes. you know I, I love the fact that you're trying to simplify that and say you know it's about talking to people and it's just a digital way of doing that so let's let's have that conversation yeah um and i really admire that so how did you get from recruitment to social media coaching then because that's yeah, a, a bit of a leap Great question. And you know what? I actually did think it was elite, but then when I like look back at it, it's like, no, it's not elite. And, and I'll tell you for why, because I've been on LinkedIn for the last 12, 13 years. So I've been doing content creation in terms of uh, recruitment. I've been doing ads. Um, I've been doing talent attraction, talent retention, all this thrown out to LinkedIn, doing all the, doing all the written word, um, as, as I call it. And then when I went into social media, it was like, oh, and then it just clicked. I was like, 
I've been doing all this. I've been doing all the the ads, um, posting um, information on there, getting people to to companies and to work for a company while they should work for a company. And but I was demystifying kind of all um, jobs, job titles, job roles. And um, but it was it was just a switch. But the the thing was, and people um, that listen, I'm sure they understand. It wasn't just an easy switch. So mm. behind the scenes, there's always stuff going on. So. Do you remember when we were allowed to go to seminars? <laughs> I remember when we were allowed out. Yeah, do you remember when we, that? When we, when we saw people face-to-face, I remember exactly. those days. So so a lot of my 2019 and, and prior to that was in seminars, multiple seminars, meeting people, um, mastermind, focus groups, which I'm in still in mastermind groups. And it wasn't just my time, it was uh, investment, financial investment as well. Because what I wanted to do is not be um in my belief system i wanted to be as credible as as possible so that was taking the time uh, on learning how to coach mentor etc etc but the great thing is talking about my recruitment journey is i've coached i've trained i've mentored so there was a lot of transferable skills from being a from being a headhunter a recruiter into what i'm doing now so so yeah that that that's basically how i got onto that um but there was a lot of pain involved um very very recently due to obviously the the, the events because of um of the pandemic because i still have my um, yeah, my, my recruitment business going on um but that was um that's running sim- simultaneously with my um social media business um so my recruitment business took a massive hit and this is why i say to you know people would say to me don't do a plan b don't do, you know why just go for your plan a go just keep doing your recruitment business but if I had done that, then I would have been in a challenging situation. So luckily, I can really relate to that. Yeah, so luckily I had my um, um, social media business. So from what I trained and learned about was affiliate marketing, was coaching, mentoring. So I started coaching more people, mentoring more people, and then I created the digital product as well. Um, so, so that really helped me and help is help me get through this and if i didn't take that leap we won't be speaking now no you know? it's true so it it's really really crazy and positive when you go on this social media journey use it the right way um how it can introduce you with great people like yourself and other people around the world as well because i've been speaking to people from uh new york to new zealand to australia um obviously uk uh, it, it's it's fantastic journey i'm going on it's awesome, isn't it? I, I love that whole digital relationship building. Obviously, it's a huge part of, of what we do. And um, I, I, we're going to enjoy this conversation, I think, because it's nice to be able to speak to somebody who understands the recruitment side of things as well, because there's a lot of um, there's a lot of mystery around recruitment as well. I mean, yes. I think people deliberately make recruitment seem a bit more mysterious so that people continue to pay us. But I, I, I can understand exactly how, actually, now you've said it, how there are the similarities there, because it's about... Um, you know, there might be lots of opportunities in a market and you have to have your clients stand out and you've got to try and find those selling points. And, and, you know, it can't just be, I've got a job who wants a job. It has to be like these, you know, these are the characteristics that we're looking for. This is what we can give to you. And Absolutely. It's, you know, and it's interesting actually, because, it, you know, I always say it's, it's the weirdest sales job in the world in recruitment because you're selling a product that you rarely have. 
Um, it's like going to somebody saying, hey, do you want a program manager with five years' experience who's going to be able to smash it out the park for you? You do? Great. Give me 30 days and I'll see if I can find <laughs> yeah, you one. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, and it's a weird industry, right, for, for, the, for that reason. And then you, you're always selling to both sides. I mean, it's rare that in an industry you'd be qualifying the buyer as much as, as we do in recruitment because you really have to qualify both sides. And Literally, intermediary, intermediary um, literally you've got the client, the candidate, the clients want to pay less, the, the, the candidate wants some more, and then just kind of getting that fine balance and then you've got it and it's like – and then the candidate says, oh, I've got a different job. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was going to say, I mean, the, the, the biggest problem that I had with recruitment, we were talking about this in the virtual green room before, is, you know, people are weird. Like, I, I've, I've, I've come close to losing my faith in humanity a few times working in recruitment. Um, you know, I, I remember one time, it's a true story, and, and I'll never forget it. I mean, I've had this lots, and I'm sure you have too, but there was one particular occasion that I just thought, I don't know what's going on. So... Mm. This guy texted me and said, I'm going to be a few minutes late because my train was delayed. And I was like, no problem. That's fine. <laughs> um, and then he texts me and says, I'm just down. Um, I'm five minutes away. So I rang him after like three or four minutes and was like, hey, where are you? He's like, I'm just coming into reception now and I'll go and sign in. I was like, great. I'll come down and meet you. Yeah. Came down in the lift. He's not there. So I'm wandering around going, where is this dude? And I said to the guys in reception, where's the guy who signed in? And was like, no one signed in. I was like, what? Has he gone to the wrong building? So I ring the guy. He's blocked my number. Wow. Right? So I'm like, what on earth is going on? Anyway, this is the best bit. Fast forward six months, he applies for the job again. Right? So I can't <laughs> ring him off my mobile because he's blocked yeah. my number. So I ring yeah. him off the landline. And I, he's like, yeah, I'm really interested in this. I was like, you don't remember me, do you? And he's like, no. I was like, do you remember you said, like, I'm downstairs? And I said, great, I'll come in the lift. Uh, uh, and then he hung up on me and blocked that number as well. <laughs> and I was like, this is ridiculous. I mean, and and I don't, listen, I'm never going to be critical or, or judgmental of somebody else's family. But some people have an awful lot of grandparents that die around interview time. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they are yeah. horrifically unlucky. Yeah. I mean, yeah. they should almost stop applying for jobs because it's like every time they do, somebody dies. <laughs> oh, when they're going to start the role, oh, I can't start the role, Some someone's passed away. And um, it's funny that you mentioned, what when you was leading us that story, I thought it was going to be the exact same story that I had. My, my, mine, was, mine was terrible. Exact same thing. Yeah, I'm on my way. I'm nearly there. I'm nearly there. I'm, I'm, I'm on. He was going into the into the client uh, off building, so he was on the train. Rang him. It cut out, but he rang me back and he said, "Right, okay, um, I'm I'm nearly there." So I thought, "Fine, that's it." Contacted the client. Said, "Yeah, he's on his way." He wasn't running late though, um, so it was just the, the first day check, <laughs> as you do. Let them know, and then the client contacted me back about thirty minutes ago. Uh, 30 minutes after, sorry, it was due to start. So he's not, he's not here yet. I was like, he was literally there. He should be there now. I rang him. Very long story short, he accepted my job, my role. But when he, when I was speaking to him, he thought I was another recruiter no. because he took a different job instead and turned up for that role. So when I was checking him in to see how long he is to get into, he he was being sincere. He went oh, to a different role. That's painful. 
That is that is pain. I, I've got, I've got I've you know I've got 15 years in recruitment, so I've got many. Oh, many I'm with you. We, we could literally do an entire podcast <laughs> just on this. I mean, it's you know the the, the thing I always say is like it, it's a completely thankless task as a recruitment consultant as well. And any and any retcons listening to this and nodding away, going absolutely. It's like if you place a candidate and they do really well, that's the hiring manager who did really well hiring yeah, that person. Yeah. If you place someone and they don't do well or they do what that guy does and just don't turn up, it's on the recruiter. It's like Absolutely. you don't yeah. get the highs, but all the lows are your fault. <laughs> it's like being the football manager or football yeah. coach. The play, it's the down to the, the wins are down to the players, the losses are down to you. Yeah, yeah all the time, all the time. So yeah, it, it is what it is, and you know, I, I've been in a situation where I've helped out a lot of people where they've wanted a, a salary or they've wanted a, a day rate, and I've gave them information what the market should be paying them, not but what you're looking for. And I've got them, some people have got like 15, 20, 25,000 pounds extra on, on the base. Some people on the day rate have got like an extra 200 pounds a day on the day rate. And I've actually got the role. And very, very few have come back and thanked me for it. They've just like... True. Yeah, so it is what it is. Because they just say, oh, well, you get paid commission anyway. So, but you know, it's, it's just one of those things that, do you know what? I, I'm so with you, though. I'm really glad that you you took that leap, brother, because, you know, I, I, I've i been having my podcast and my coaching business now for a number of years alongside what I do. and um, But but recruitment was still, you know, a good little earner for me. I mean, we, we had a, a nice-sized recruitment firm. We had clients all over the world. We were working we, – we've we, we only worked on retainers for the past three yeah. years. Um, I, I mean, I, I just got to the point where – uh, I mean, and this is something actually I think it's probably important to share. I wasn't going to go down this route, but one of the things, and a lot of entrepreneurs listening to this, not just in recruitment, but a lot of entrepreneurs listening to this will will recognize what I'm about to say. But I was so naive that I had no idea that clients didn't pay their bill on time. Mm. Like, I, I didn't know that was a thing. Um and, you know, I was placing sort of high-level salespeople that were going into companies and making them tens, if not hundreds of thousands of pounds and dollars. And they, they still weren't paying my fee on time. And it was like, they've already made your money back. Like, what is the problem? Like, to pay the invoice. And the amount of, you know, it's with the accountant. You know, it's with the account. Let me chase the accounts team for you. Oh, they've gone home. It's 3 o'clock on a Friday. I'll chase them the Monday. And you're still doing this two weeks later. Um, uh, and... I I got to the stage where I just thought this is really unfair. Like I'm I'm doing the work and I'm, you know, at this point I had members of my staff to pay and I was paying their salaries and their stuff and I couldn't delay them because people were late paying me. So I, I always seemed to be out of pocket and I and I just got to the stage where I was I kind of was begrudging my own company. <laughs> like it was just yeah. like this sucks. Like I don't like this. Yeah, it's, it is very very interesting when when you got to. Do well, not do a higher outsource for payroll, but obviously when, when you when you chase when you got to chase them up, and you know it's it's very interesting. It is very very interesting. Uh, I, I just I never maybe I was raised differently, but like I I, I don't I couldn't have slept at night if I was doing that to people. Like uh, I don't know, maybe maybe I'm maybe that makes me a weak person. Who knows? But I mean, if, if that's if that makes me weak, then I like that. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it makes you honest and one of the good guys. Um, um, I just couldn't do it. There. I couldn't yeah. do it. Like if if I owed somebody invoice worth thousands and somebody was already in my business making me money, like there's there's no way I could have slept at night. Yeah, no, if there's a discrepancy in terms of um, service or the, they've not done or they're not delivered on their promise then yeah maybe so um, oh yeah 
But it was well, never even it, about that. It, it was like, exactly. It exactly. was always just, you're supposed to pay in 30 days and day 90, we're still having a conversation about it being sat with your accountant. Yeah. yeah. Um, I remember one time, and some of our listeners will have heard me share this story before. Uh, I had a client that was up in Burnley and I won't name them for obvious reasons. <laughs> and um, they, they decided that on my very, on the very last project, so I helped them really grow this team and expand this team over sort of a six month period. And they were always right on the money. There you go, pay, 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 pay. They were happy. Relationship was working really well. And then they did a big push where they hired like maybe three or four people. So they owed me a fair size of an invoice at this point. And it was the last one because the team was now full. And it, right. was, it was like they, they, they didn't need me for anything else now. So I could, <laughs> I could sense this delay yes. coming. Yes. And, and it kept happening. And then the guy started avoiding my calls. And like people in the office would tell me, oh, he's out for the week. And it, was, it just got ridiculous. So it's a, it's a genuine story. It's what I had to do. I had to go to Burnley. Yeah. I, 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 blocked, say, yeah. I blocked his car in, in the car park. Yeah, uh, and then I rang the office and I said, you know, where is he? And they said, oh, he's he's gone out for meetings. I said, oh, has he walked to the meetings? Has he? And I said, because his car's in the car park. And I was like, it's all right. I'll come up and see him. And they were like, uh, uh. <laughs> and, I, and I'd been there before, and I remembered the the code for the door. So I pumped in the code for the door yeah, and he walked straight up the stairs. Honestly, like a rabbit in a headlights kind of thing. And he's like, uh, I was just about to sort this, and I was like, that's convenient. It's like four <laughs> months later, you were just about to do it. He's like, I'll tell you what, um, I'll sort it for you now and it'll be in this afternoon. I just sat there and he's like, I'll, I said, I'll sort it. I was like, yeah, it's all right. I'll wait. Mm. <laughs> I was exactly. like, I've, I've heard exactly. you say you're going to sort this before. Honestly, it was sorted in five minutes. It was like instant transfer straight over to my account. And, and I kind of felt like I'd won that battle. But at the same time, on the drive home, I, I remember thinking, I really shouldn't have had to have done that. Like that, that was unnecessary that I even needed, like you, you put me in that position. That's yeah. unfair that you put me in that position. Um, and this is the, the, the joys of recruitment, I guess. Cause I mean, <laughs> the, when you're dealing with people, you know, there's, there's, there's a lot of that, you know, pe- people are, are odd and uh, they'll say one thing and, and do another. And I think that, that really helped. I mean, I'm sure it's helped you in your line of work, but it's really helped me with my coaching business yes. because I, I have a much better understanding of the human psyche now. Whereas uh, I, if I had, I not have had that life, I'd have felt probably quite sheltered. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, recruitment, um, sales on the sales side, three sixty side, and what, when you're doing it from obviously the candidates, the clients, and then you running your business as well in terms of um, your, your P and L, it's it really helps you as a as a rounded um, business owner, um, coach, mentor. Um, and it, like you said, it gives you a better understanding of the people and how people tick and what they say or how it's, it's how they say it basically. And body language as well is really, really that's why I love, um, well, can't do this much now, but face-to-face meetings. Um, you can really engage people a lot more on, on the body language and, you know, it's how they're saying it or, or how uncomfortable they look. So, you know, recruitment is one of those great roles where it's, um, and I think is it Robert T. Kawasaki that talks about it in terms of not recruiting but sales um, saying get a sales job um, that's what we want to do um, I think it's a really solid thing, piece of advice yeah same thing with Grant Cardone when when he was um, starting up his his empire he just got in sales 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 so you know anyone listening to this you know you don't have to um, you know I'm not saying to be a salesperson but if you are innovative if you're uh, you know a budding entrepreneur a solopreneur whatever you want to call yourself you really need to know how to sell um, you know, 
and not this, just the selling part. It's basically getting kicked down, saying, being told no, and then being told no again, and then being told no again. And then you wake up the next day, you make the phone calls, you get told no again, and then you get told yes, and then that yes then turns into a no. And then it, it's that it's that resilience that every business person needs to start to understand and get because I think when a lot of people go into business they think it's just going to be all rainbows and, and unicorns and it's all going to be great um but the you know the, the truth is a lot of the times you get unforeseen circumstances that that come up so my advice is to anyone is you know the, the best thing you can do is go into kind of a, a telesales role or a sales or a recruiting role where you're not hiding you're basically putting your face forward and you're actually speaking to people but the, the thing is which is great you then kind of in your head head build up um, i've just forgotten the word now a flow chart so when someone says no then in your head you know what that no means and then it takes you to the next question of the question that you're asking, you don't even have to ask a yes or no. Then it's like you're asking an open question or mm-hmm. you're giving them two solutions. Like I've got, for example, bringing it back to the recruitment side, you could be speaking to them and saying, um, I've got a candidate who is looking for X salary and a candidate that's looking for Y salary. Uh, and then you're giving them a bit more of a solution or a bit more of, a, of an option so they're less likely to say no. So then when... You build all this up, this flow chart up in your head. I, I call it my my virtual flow chart because when I'm speaking to people, I can literally see it. I can literally see it in my mind's eye. So when someone says no straight away, it's like I come up with a solution. But that just takes time. Mm. Uh, and that's my advice for, for you know for budding entrepreneurs that that want to get into business. You really need to know how to take the knocks. You don't really know how. You don't really need to do the sell side. It's more the conversational because for me. When you're when you talk about something or you want to you want to push a product, you just you just talk about it. you talk about it with passion, enthusiasm, enthusiasm, and knowledge about it, and then the rest will follow. But it's more to do with the the not back to the failures, which I say is more important to being a great salesperson because you know people get confused. I think that salesperson you go buy this, buy 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 buy, you know, and you got really push you don't you just need to have a conversation and you just need that person to like who you are or yes. understand what you want and that's why i call my social media demystifying because i i talk as plain as possible as simple as possible um so people understand because when people are asking me well you know why should i go into into digital why should i go into online it's the fact of right okay let's take it let's take it back okay let's break it down very simply and i talk about modeling and modeling the big companies out there so we'll say airbnb right okay they've got no um hotels but the owners of that are billionaires you know um, what's your one? Booking.com. Got yeah, yeah. Million. But the, the owners that are billionaires. Well, like Uber. Uber don't own any taxis. But the billionaires. So this is what I'm trying to be on you know, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, LinkedIn. I can keep going on and on and on. This is what I'm saying to, I say to people. This is just, and you know, people's eyes then start to open. It's like the light bulb moment. It's like, oh, yeah, they don't actually own anything amazon do not make anything ebay you know you can just keep going on and on and it's like okay this is why digital is so important at the, at the moment and it will and it's always going to be it's just a massive animal that you know it's like they've opened the box now yeah you can't there's no way you're ever going to get back in 
there's no pulling back. So it's just getting digital online, just getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And then if you want to go into the retail side as well, the retail shops are shrinking, the actual physical shops, and everyone's ordering online. And then especially because there's pandemic as well, you know, up to groceries, people uh, shopping less in the store, but now ordering more online. So it's it's no brainer. Di- digital online is is where where it is. Do you know what I loved about that? And it's just had a big impact on my business. Is that I I I have a very global mindset, and and I actually find, and I have done since I was a child. I was actually saying this on a, on somebody's podcast a few weeks ago. I've never really felt that I really fit in with the UK market, um, like. For my entire life, everybody's always been like, oh, you're really extrovert. You really enjoy America. But sometimes I find them too much. So I, I find myself trapped somewhere in the middle of the Atlantic where like, the Brits don't really want me and the Americans think I'm quiet. Um, and I mean, can you believe somebody thinks I'm quiet? Um, <laughs> but, 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 it's, but it's true. Like, I, I, we have clients all over the world now. We have very few clients in the UK. And... And that's not, I don't have a problem with Brits. Like I don't, it's not like I don't want to work with Brits. It's just, I find that, uh, Americans, Canadians, uh, Kiwis and Australians and South Africans actually for that matter vibe much better with my message and my way of working than Brits tend yeah. to. Yeah. And you know, even 20 years ago, that would have caused me a serious problem from the UK trying to work with those people. I mean, I remember um, getting in trouble with, with at home with my parents because I ran up a, a huge phone bill ringing my friend who'd moved to Australia. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, and yeah. it was a massive phone bill. Like, we, we, we oh, weren't right. even chatting that long. It was like, oh, at least like 200, <laughs> 250, 300 quid uh, back, back then as well. And, so, yeah. Like I was, our phone bill was usually 30 quid a month or something. Yeah. And, and now it's like 250. Uh, whereas now, like we've all got VoIP. Like, we can all WhatsApp each other and like, it doesn't cost us anything. We're all on Zoom and, and uh, you know, it, it allows this kind of digital relationship building where you don't have to be in the same room as somebody to do business with them. You know, I, I've worked with people and helped their business and, grown friendships and relationships and been paid good money by people I'd never been in the same room as. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and that for me is, is one of the marvels of, of the digital age. Now, when you mentioned about getting involved in a sales job, I think one of the things that was ringing in my head at the time was um, I learned that it wasn't personal in recruitment. And that's been a lesson that's really helped me in business. So somebody saying no to you, is not a personal thing. They're, they're not saying no to you as a person. Half the time, they're not even saying no to your product. It's that they, they, they just don't have enough information to say yes, or that it doesn't feel like it's the right fit at the moment, or they've jumped to a conclusion that they think doesn't work for them. Um, it's not It's not a no at you. It's not a personal thing. And actually, and this is a, a complete reverse way of looking at it, We've all worked with clients that we really wish we hadn't bothered, <laughs> um, you know, and it's just like, I really shouldn't have worked with that person and I won't work with them again. So somebody saying no to you is actually them doing you a favor because if you're not resonating together and you really shouldn't be doing business together, then for the love of God, trust that instinct and, and don't push it because it's mm. always the clients that you, you know, you try and squeeze them in or it's a bit like, oh, it's, it's just a quick deal. I'll, I'll get it done. Or you change your way of working to try and accommodate them. It's always them that end up being the biggest pain in the backside. Absolutely. Every, every single time. 100%. 
Whereas the, the clients who are quite happy to pay your, your, you know, your top fee, they see a lot of value in what they do. It feels like a friendship. It's effortless. It's like yes. this easy process. They're the ones that you'll build relationships with for a long time. And let's be honest, they're the ones that you want to be working with. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and I've just re- recently got a uh, retained client, actually, that's given me five, maybe six uh, roles now. So, um, it, you know, it's, it's fa- fantastic on, on the recruitment side and then obviously on, on the digital side as well. And um, the, the great thing about um, what we do is when you've got a training and coaching you, you can choose who you want who you, who you want to work with as well definitely same with like our recruiting business as well so you're in a you're in a great position to to pick and choose who you want to work with so it's it's a very powerful powerful message that you put across there is don't don't chase the time wasted so those clients who are throwing you you know you've got to jump through hurdles and you know hoops and you've got to you know do a song and dance for them that relationship will be the relationship from start to end and it's just going to drive you crazy and you're going to waste more time trying to please them when you could have maybe got two or three other clients mm-hmm. um, so the, the, the thing is that you, you need to know your worth as well and yes. um, that that's one major thing you need to know what you are worth and you do not deviate from that like we what you said your focus in, in, on recruitment was retained service so you know your worth if a company goes and gets in contact with you and say we want contingency recruitment it's like thank you very much for 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 the offer the reason why we do retained is x y and z and if they say no you need to work with us on contingency thank you very much come back to us when you are happy to work with us on the retained service absolutely as our business model so you don't deviate your business model for other people because you're going to lose yourself and you'll get confused and you'll confuse your message and you confuse your clients as well and you don't obviously want your other clients to think you know here that what you well, do something completely different that's and that's the problem isn't it because once you start to confuse that message like you can't expect people you I mean how much time and effort do we put into going and researching stuff you know we we go and look at somebody's reviews or we go and look at somebody's linkedin profile we don't then start to like analyze why it's like, oh, I wonder why they got a negative review of that person. No, you just see that someone gave them a negative review. And if there's more than one of them, you go, oh, no, I'm going to work with them. Exactly. Um, exactly. So, we, we, you know, it, it is about keeping that message really clear. And, um, you know, in terms of keeping messages clear, I mean, this was a conversation that we got onto that was that I think was really important is, you know, it's it's a success is a mindset thing isn't it Mm -hmm. it's like i think a lot of people have this perception that um you know i will go to the gym and get myself a personal trainer when i'm successful i will give more to charity and spend more time with my family when i'm successful um and actually the lesson that i've really seen and i know this is is something that we share is that a lot of the successful people in fact most of the successful people if not all that i'm fortunate to work with and have in our circle it's the opposite they had that mentality in the first place which is what allowed them to become successful um you know they would have given if they had ten dollars in their pocket rather than ten million dollars in their pocket um they know when to shut off and spend time with their family they know their worth which is something that you said they know that your your body is the vehicle and it's what you put into it and how well you treat that vehicle because that vehicle is going to have to get you there so um when did you start getting involved in the kind of the 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 mindset kind of aspect of what you do was that was that a, a progressional thing were you raised that way no it was definitely progressional uh, my sister will lay claim to this um it's probably 
seven years ago. Must be seven years ago. My sister gave me the old, that old, that good old book called The Secret. So, so that, that was my first book, The Secret. So I read that and it was like, hmm, that's interesting. And I read it again. Yeah, that's interesting. Then I read um, The Richest Man in Babylon. Um, then I read um, uh, Paolo Coelho's, um, what's his, in fact, I've got it right next to me here. I don't even know why I'm thinking about it. The Alchemist. Yeah, okay. Amazing. <laughs> so yeah, so I've literally got all the, the secret here. I've got, and then and then I went on to. I've gone into so many different books: Prosperity and Consciousness, um, you know, Super Attractor, and um, Gabriel Bernstein to Kyle Gray, Raise Your Vibration. And um, so I kind of just got it. Just made sense. Um, and, and again, we could probably speak about this for hours, but I'll keep it very condensed. It was about seven, seven, eight years ago I got into it and then it just made sense. But I did it very, very slowly. I didn't force it. I didn't jump into it. And I didn't, you know, go, right, everyone, you need to be doing this. You need to be thinking about mindset. You need to do your manifestation. You need to do this. You need to do that. However, it is extremely, extremely powerful. And um, very recently, in fact, actually, I... Brought a friend into uh, ex- uh, into my path or existence existence again. Um, I was speaking about him a couple of weeks ago to my brother, and it's something that um, I did silly about fifteen years ago. I kind of scraped his car, literally All scraped right. his car, and um, this was about fifteen years ago. And I never told him that I did it. And I was speaking to my brother about it, right? And then I said, I feel really, really guilty about this. I was going to say, he knows now, right? Because you're putting this out on podcast and radio. So he's going to know any any minute. Let me me tell you, we didn't, uh, we didn't, um, we didn't speak for 15 years. That's what I'm saying. Because we, we, not because of the crash, right? It's just great. We, we were with each other and we didn't know each, we didn't speak with each other for 15 years. So I mentioned it to my brother and I just mentioned to feel a bit guilty for it. This is like something that happened in the movies. I got an email a week later from this person saying there was something that made him want to get in contact with me. And he was like talking about, oh, when we used to go out in Manchester, there was a bar that we walked past and it just made me think of you. So I've just sent you a message. And then this is how long ago, he's got a 14-year-old kid. So, wow. you know, and I, I was talking about my 12 year old daughter and my other two kids. And my other, yeah, so I've got three kids in total. So it's just things like that where, you know, what, what are the chances of that happening? You know, it's it's all connected. So I, I could give loads of other things that I went and brought things into existence as well. The, the, the best one for me was um, I said I'm going to manifest a billionaire in, right. into my life to, to, to help me with my social media journey. And, and, yeah. Uh, Oh, mainly my business and contacts. Um, so, uh, and again, this was a couple of months ago, and I put it onto my YouTube channel as well. And I connected um, with with this billionaire, and then I saw one of his um, interviews. I sent him a message on Instagram. Long story short, he said, "Yeah, here's my number. We'll have a conversation." We had a five minute conversation. I got a lot of takeaways from from him, and I've literally got his mobile number on speed dial. So it's 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 it works guys <laughs> you know? it, it really does it, do, do you know what do you know what that is that especially the friend the bit with your friend i mean both of it actually but especially the part with your friend um have you come across quantum entanglement 
Yes. Mate, yeah. like the, when I first learned about the law of entanglement and quantum entanglement, if, for anybody who doesn't know what I'm talking about, just go and Google it. There are some incredible videos out there. I am not the person to try and teach you about this whatsoever. <laughs> I, I, I understand like a fraction of, of what this is about, but it was like discovering the secrets to life. When and, and when you read that, it's like it makes so much sense. And um, you know, I, I was telling you actually when we were when we were first speaking. You know, I'm fortunate enough that I actually work with a number of the coaches from the Secret Movie, which was obviously based on the book, and it reads like 500 million people. And they've got a they've got a prequel out at the moment, which is called How Thoughts Become Things, um, uh, produced by uh, Doug Vermeeren, who is is a great friend and, and mentor, and, and somebody who I think everybody should go and check out Doug's work. He's he's incredible. Um, I think he's actually still currently ranked as like the world's leading passive income coach as well, which is always a pretty cool title to have. Um, but you know, e- even just earlier today, like I sent across a message to Marie Diamond, who was in the movie. Marie was on a, my show Thanks a number of times, and <laughs> but what I'm saying is like the like the this happened. I met one person, and it resonated with that message, and they opened the doors to this. So uh, I'm I'm an audiobook guy. Right, I'm not much of a big reader. Like I have loads of books, but I never actually bother to read them because I'm a, I'm much more of an audio guy, uh, which is why I do podcasts probably. Um, yeah. uh, but you know, and I've got a face for radio. Um, <laughs> but um, you know, I remember watching the secret movie, and you know, I never imagined that I would be working with these coaches. I never imagined that they would be people, as you said, who you can pick up the phone to, what's up a WhatsApp message to for goodness' sake, and and ask them questions and. Um, one of the things that I learned from them, which I, I found really fascinating, which is which is why I'll share it, is like the secret was like the beginning. Okay, the secret was like opening up people's awareness to what the potentials are. But it's like, it's like anything; you can't give everybody everything in one go because it would be too overwhelming. So there's things like Bob Proctor talks about the paradigm shift, for example, and it's like putting stuff down. It's like the the stuff that our parents gave us that no longer suits us and fits that purpose and the lessons that we've learned, you know, the, the, the usual stuff when you ask like six other idiots what you should do and they tell you that it's not going to work and you go, well, I asked all my mates and they say it's not going to work. It's like, well, what do they know? They haven't got a clue. Um, I, you know, we, we're fortunate enough that we have a number of billionaires in our network and, and one of the reasons I love having them in this network, other than the fact that they're just awesome people, mm-hmm. is their outlook on the world is completely different to most people. Um, like they, their attitude is almost like, well, why can't it be done? Like, of course it can be done. It's more about the time and effort you put into something is going to equal what you get out of it. But why can't you make a million in a year? Why can't you yeah. drive a Ferrari? Like, why yeah. not? Like, yeah. but, but more importantly than that, and this is a lesson that I, I really love to share with people. And I'm, I'm, and I can tell it resonates with you because we, we had this conversation off air, you know, the reason the law of attraction works for some people and not for others it's not how hard you manifest is something or how often you do your affirmations. Not nothing to do with that. It's to do with whether or not what you're trying to manifest is connected to your essence and yeah, what kind absolutely. of like what, what's yeah. inside. So yeah. it's like you really can have anything you want, but you first have to understand what you want. <laughs> um, you know, if you're just going to say, I'm going to do law of attraction and I'm going to do positive affirmations and I'm going to do a vision board and I'm going to make 10 million this year. Well, if that's not on your journey or if you're heading the complete wrong direction with all of your decisions from what your inner compass is telling you, you're not going to make 10 million. Yes. 
But if your aim is to say, I know I will have made it when I hit 10 million, and I'm, I, but I'm not going to, I always describe it as knowing the destination, but not the route. Right. Absolutely. The universe will design the route for you and it will design a far better route than you ever could have imagined. imagined. Yeah. But that's not what we've been taught, is it? It's, you know, sit down, have a plan, try and plan it, do your roadmap, work it out, like sit and think about it. Yeah. And actually, that's the worst advice anyone could ever give you because yeah. you sat there going, oh, how, how do I do this? Mm, I wonder. Well, the answer is you don't know. Exactly. If you did know, you'd have done it by now. So, you just have to have some faith and kind of trust it, uh, yeah. in whatever that is. Like, and I'm, I'm not going to go all preach you here. You know, you can call that God, the universe, your soul, the great bunny rabbit in the sky. I really don't care what it is you, <laughs> you, you think it is, right? It, it, that's not that's not important here. Yeah. The important thing is you you have to make more decisions with your heart. You have to trust how it feels. Yeah. And if something doesn't feel right, the heart comes first, and then the head follows. Mm-hmm. And most people yeah. are living the complete other way around. Yeah. 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 Couldn't agree more. I like what you said as well about <clears throat> and the the destination and obviously the journey. It's it's just standing in the result. So it's like okay, standing in the result. What what am I going to achieve? What what is this going to be? Right, okay, this is what I'm going to achieve. And you know, you don't have to worry about the you know all the intricate details. Just as long as you've just got that focus and repetition for what you need to do. And that's what I say. And I think another thing as well, why I believe a lot of people don't get or they they manifest the wrong things. And I'm careful with my words, what I say, but um, it's like, why does bad always happen? Yeah, yeah. You know, so you're asking for it and it's that saying you know, if you ask you will receive so if you're saying bad things why does xyz then you're going to get it but rather than saying that what i always say morning and night um i've got my um my affirmations or mantras or whatever you want to call it is one, one, of, one of my simple things is why am i the best husband and father in the universe you know, so when I wake up in the morning, why am I the best husband and father in the universe? When I go to sleep, why am I the best husband and father in the universe? Um, same thing as, you know, um, I've, I've got loads, but, you know, why is the universe always got my back? Yes. Uh, why am I making X, Y, Z? Why is freetownmindset.com bringing in so many new students? Um, so it's that, it's that asking, it's that asking, it's that asking. Um, so that, that's that's what I constantly do. And it's, it's very, very interesting because, it never, I never really digested it that well when people keep going on and talking to you and saying, like, your brain, your mindset, your focus, you can exercise it just like any muscle. If you just do your repetition, you do your work, you can exercise it, and then within time it gets stronger and stronger. So it's like, you know, when people want something straight away, it's just like, well, okay, say if you've got a bit of a flabby stomach and the, the, the easiest one is to talk about your, your body, physical body. Mm. Uh, and a flat stomach let's not get into abs but just want a flat stomach you, you can't just you know you're not just going to go for running goals to the gym for you know two weeks and you, you your body's not going to be changed no. it can take months and months of sculpting and hard work and it's not just then the the physical it's also what you put into your body as well so yeah. you just got to be mindful of that as well and that's when it comes to mindset as well so yeah, for, for me, um, you know, it doesn't work for everyone, but I did like a, a three-day water fast as well. Yeah, which nice. Really yeah, I did it um, in July. Uh, in July and, and that was that was really good. So, so to detox be fair, the body. 
Yeah, exactly. It was actually more than three days <laughs> because I was meant I was meant to break the fast on the Wednesday evening because um, then that, that was actually the, the um, seventy two hours. But I thought, no, I'll just go for the next day. So, um, so it, it's it's just about discipline and mindset, uh, and you know just having that laser laser focus whatever your whatever works for you make it work for you um that's what i say everyone else has got their the, the way of making it work so for we we actually have a couple of very similar ones then so for me meditation is a very very big one um but earlier in the year when i fell ill um i did a four-day cabbage juice fast for the same reason just to get a load of nutrients back into my body like it was just giving my body exactly what it needed but i i don't it's been at least a year since I've not done this, if that makes sense. But I do intermittent fasting every single day. Um, so it's like the 18 hours a day. It's like 18 hours a day of the fast. And, and it's not actually that bad. Like when you, you wake up, you eat for a bit, and then you stop. And and But it's it stops you snacking on the nonsense in the evening that then prevents you from having a good night's sleep. So there's a lot of science behind why this is really good for you. Yeah. And But it... it I feel much more energetic and a lot le- less lethargic. And, you know, uh, you, you kind of were were blessed that people kind of introduced you to this sort of seven odd years ago or whatever it was. You know, for, for me, I think I had it there in terms of the meditation because I've done that since I was 11. I was really blessed that my grandmother was very spiritual and she taught me about, well, she took me to learn about transcendental meditation when I was 11. And then I did my adult mantra again when I was sort of 17, 18. Um, and it's been a big part of my life. But I have to be honest, like I, I didn't come from a family that could teach me about business. And mm. I made I, I often say now that I'm a good coach because I made every mistake you could possibly make. So That's I can right. really relate to people when they're when they're in those positions and you know, I've been there when I've been absolutely brassic broke with no idea how I'm gonna pay my bills. And I've also achieved the other side of that, which was and this is one of the things that I think a lot of people I, I do try and teach people because for many people that have never achieved that financial goal, so they have this goal in their mind, you know, whether it's a 500,000, whether it's a million, whether it's however much, right? Everyone has this number that they think, one time at this stage, I'll be happy. Well, I achieved my number and I was miserable. Like I'd never been more overweight. I'd never been more stressed. Um, I had put my body under a tremendous amount of stress and I'd ended up getting rushed into surgery for, well, they had me on high blood pressure medication because they were keeping an eye on my heart. Um, I had to have my appendix removed because it started to rupture. Now, I don't know whether that, I I don't know what that is, but I put that down to stress because I was just putting myself under a tremendous amount of stress. I was the heaviest I'd ever been in my entire life. Like I was, I was, I was a massive fat guy. In fact, I, seriously, I'll share the picture. I'm going to share a picture with, with this post. I'll, I'll put it out and I'll put it underneath in the comments. And I never do this, but I will show you a picture. It's me in the same T-shirt, right? And it's two mm-hmm. years apart. And in the second image, I was earning far less financially, but was incredibly happy. Yeah. In the first picture. I had in the bank what other people would have considered to be their dream. And I was living yeah. a nightmare. Yeah. I was like, my marriage was on the rocks. Like my, I never saw my wife and she, like, she, she, I don't even think she recognized the person that she married. Um, and, and I, you know, talk about taking care of the vehicle, you know, my wheels and doors are falling off getting across <laughs> the finish line. Like, uh, and I was only young and I'm thinking I've got a long way to go yet. And, and I was being very selfish because I had two young children at the time. And I was like, you know, I still have two young children, but they were very young children <laughs> at the time. And I was like, 
I am not going to be around to take care of them. I mean, I, at this point, I, I genuinely started to think I've probably got 20 years left of doing this at most. And, and that, that, that was a terrifying feeling that of, of leaving my kids at such a young age. And, and this is one of the things I try and teach people is there's a right way and a wrong way of making money. Yes, you can make money. You can graft. You can work hard. You can do all this kind of stuff. But the reality is, you know, somebody said this to me recently and it really struck a chord. It was, you work hard when life is hard work. Um, and I really, and I really like that. And, and, you know, it's like, you think about the opposite of that when you're in a really good place, everything feels effortless. Everything just happens and it flows and it, and it's fun, right? It's you, you, you and that, here's a good way of testing whether this is for you. If you get to the end of the week and you're exhausted from work, there is somebody who's getting to the end of the week and is just as energized as they were at the beginning, if not more, because the work that week has energized them on the way through. Um, this will be my last podcast of the evening, because if I do any more after this time, I can't sleep because I'm too pumped up. Um, so it, it's, it's, it's very much kind of about recognizing how something feels for you, isn't it? And, 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 and building from that mindset. But, um, yeah, it's, it's all about the mindset. It's about the mindset, the focus, our lazy light focus, whatever you want to call it. I did, I did a recent post as well on my, on my Instagram, and there's a, there's a picture of um, Black Panther um, in, his, in his suit and then Wolverine behind him. And I'm talking about the mindset. I'm a bit, bit of a Marvel geek, so I'm, I'm talking about my mindset is wrapped up in vibranium because vibranium repels um, vibration. So I'm basically saying that that is my what gives me my laser light focus to repel. Um, with, with obviously that focus on mind, so that's what I do for for that. But the also the another thing as well is we don't realise how spiritual we are because we use like the analogy in terms like all oh, the planets are aligned. That's why it's you no, know, it's been my day, it's been my week, it's been my month. But you know what what we don't realise is we call what's in the centre of our chest uh, or close to that, the solar plexus. Now, the solar being solar system. So when when I hear people talk about the planets aligned, I'm believing that people really don't understand it's their chakras, everything that's been aligned within them. So it, the power's within you. It's not the external side. It's not like looking up and looking at planets. It's your own internal planet. So when people say the planets are aligned, no, it's not. It's just you've made it happen and you've, and you've had that godlike moment for that small period of time but if you then start to focus on that and use it in the right way then you can make these you know miracles or magic happen as often as possible and that's it <laughs> i love it mate i absolutely love it listen we could go for days on this and we could probably debate an entire another show just on this particular subject maybe we should at some point maybe we should just have a proper nerd off when it comes to this stuff um so Arn lives in uh, in rural Manchester, and as you can tell, he's uh, he's struggling when it comes to his internet by the end of this interview. So um, I'll wrap this up for him. Uh, definitely check out Arn's social media. Um, go and join him on LinkedIn, Arn Terry. I'll stick the link in the description below as well. Definitely check out his social media. I mean, that would make a lot of sense, wouldn't it, given what he does? Um, his Instagram is fantastic. There's lots of really helpful hints and tips on there, so definitely be sure to check those out. And uh, I hope you've enjoyed this podcast definitely reach out to Arne if you have any questions. Uh, as always, I've been Phil Paluccia. You've been listening to Billionaires in Boxes. Thank you so much. This is Billionaires in Boxes, empowering 1 billion entrepreneurs 
one podcast at a time.